Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Lutz Trudamas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And yet to come this hour on That Kevin Show, she's been a concerned woman who's now live 24-7, Sandy Rios. Also in the spotlight, country megastar, Ann Wilson. And now, live from Times Square, where, if you're not careful, Mayor Adams may call you a plantation owner, even if you rent a fifth-floor walk-up. Here, that heaven. All right, thank you, announcer Dave. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here. And it is true, the mayor got a little testy with a very old lady this week. All she was asking was. Do the rents have to keep going up? And he called her a plantation owner, did some other weird stuff. Anyway, we'll get into some of that uh, yet to come. Just a reminder, tonight is match night, and we are asking those of you that have the the possibility of helping us in our slave liberation project to uh, to go and, and make a gift right now because in the uh, ability to do that, you're going to double your gift. We have someone who is uh, partnering with us tonight through the end of tomorrow night, actually, uh, here uh, on That Kevin Show, through Midnight Sunday. Uh, they are going to match every slave that we liberate. 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. Christian Solidarity International is our partner. They help rescue uh, enslaved women and children in northern Sudan and get them back home to their families in South Sudan. Now it's time for Assignment Desk Weekend. The judge in the Hunter Biden custody suit this week determined that the first son will be required to provide some sort of remuneration or monetary support for his abandoned daughter, the one that he had with the stripper from Arkansas. After arguing that he had no cash to the judge, the judge then ordered Hunter Biden to give his daughter a portion of his paintings. Of course, because who wouldn't want, instead of a relationship with their father, uh, a painting that actually looks like someone's scab that they pulled off their knee. Joe Biden pictured here being told the White House kitchen has just run out of chocolate chip ice cream. And his administration went 0 for 4 before the Supreme Court in their four biggest cases of the season. Losing on affirmative action, college tuition, religious liberties, and the LGBTQ issues. And then he spoke with investigative reporter... John Solomon. Over from the FBI, there had been some documents that law enforcement had gotten through other means. And one of those documents got leaked to me, and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone, and guess who picked up the phone? Oh, boy. Joe Biden. Joe? Oh, Joe Biden. What? 
Boy, was he shocked when he got uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He hung up pretty quickly. A popular social media meme circulating the web right now is the basis of a brand new survey. When asked the question, what makes a woman unattractive, the answers vary. Everything from the way she looks to her emotions, outbursts, these all ranked high. But the number one answer across the board on all applicants, having man parts. As mentioned, leftists have had a difficult week losing on all of the major cases before the Supreme Court. To that end, uh, one law school decided they would offer therapy and wellness resources for the students. <laughs> because who would have ever guessed that actual law students would be unable to deal with a nation's return to its constitution? A college dean this week admitted that he's been secretly discriminating in his hiring practices for years. This portion of Assignment Desk Weekend, by the way, being brought to you by Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Because if you've been discriminated against in hiring practices for years, you need idalalaw.com. New York City Mayor Eric Adams uh, seen here issuing a verbal tongue lashing at a woman whose family escaped Nazi Germany did so on camera this week. This portion also brought to you by Idala Bertuna and Kamins, because if you've ever been racially disparaged on camera by the mayor, you need idalalaw.com. The family of that six-year-old boy who fell from the zip line at the Mexican amusement park some 40 feet into the wading pool below has announced that they are filing a lawsuit because when an amusement park forgets to attach your child properly to a zip line, you need idalalaw.com. Still reeling from his loss on the college debt forgiveness case, Joe Biden uh, has just announced a new plan to supply debt relief to college students who took the loans they never should have to begin with. The president saying he will not be denied his chance to come to their aid. Then the president announced that his new plan is to gift every delinquent lendee one of Hunter Biden's knee scab paintings. And that's a look at Assignment Desk Weekend. Local rep for ChristianMingle.com. Uh, recently, we've got some reports of people not acting very Christian on dates. So, uh, company policy now, whenever anyone registers for the site, uh, they send me over to the house and I just do a quick look around, ask them a few questions just to make sure they're Christian. Hey, uh, Brittany, I'm with uh, Christian Mingle. We just got your application. No, what do you mean? I didn't sign up for Oh, uh, yeah, Mingle. one of your friends signed you up as a joke. Okay, everybody says that. And, uh, when did you get saved? I think 12, maybe. Youth Camp First Baptist Church. Okay, and uh, do you still go there? Yes, but it's not called First Baptist. Oh, uh, so that's something more like trendy now. It's like Mosaic or Cross Point or like Watermark. Thrive Church, actually. Yeah, you walk into the building, you're not sure if it's a church or Banana Republic. Hey, Chad, I'm Christian. We just got your application. I just need to come over quick, ask you a few questions. Just take a look around the house. Just make sure everything is good. Okay, is this even legal? Pretty fast Wi-Fi you got here. You got a filter on this thing? I'm going to give you a mainstream band. You give me the Christian equivalent. Justin Timberlake. Toby Mac. Katy Perry. Francesca Battistelli. Uh, Nickelback. Uh, skillet. Okay, and uh, Switchfoot. Switchfoot. 
I can just get a couple of dates of attendance for you here, just for background. Uh, Acquire the Fire? 98. Uh, True Love Waits? 2000. Promise Capers? 04. Passion Conference? 2010. And Catalyst? Pre-registered last week. Uh, anything information we need to know in here? Oh, what do we have here? That's gonna be a problem. While I was having a look around, I did find your phone. You took my phone? Yeah, just a couple things quick I want to go over with you. Looking at here, uh, Tinder and Snapchat are on page one. And your Bible app is on page two in a folder. And it needs to be updated. <laughs> Google Plus? I mean, Christian or not, who's using Google Plus? In 2011, I noticed that you favorited a tweet with a swear word. Okay. Mission trips? Uganda, 2009. Dominican Republic, 2011. Oh. And World Race, 2013. Okay, so two? No, that's three. Okay, the World Race. Uh, I'm talking about real mission trips. We don't count church-sponsored sightseeing tours. <laughs> oh, what do we got here? That's gonna be a problem. We've heard it all recently. We've got reports of people going to R-rated movies. Hold on, Left Behind, is this the Kirk Cameron version? I don't think so. Okay. We've heard of people not praying before meals. Let's say you're a nice young Christian woman and we're on a Christian mingle date. Things are going well and we're back at your place eating popcorn and watching Fireproof. Is this okay? Yeah. Okay, love the book collection. Uh, these candles are a little too Catholic-y for me. What about this? Sure. No! And Michael's or Hobby Lobby? Hobby Lobby. And Ulta or Sephora? Sephora. Wrong. Trick question. Christians shouldn't be that concerned with outward appearances. Are you serious? Walgreens is fine. Target, maybe. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. But I love Well, you shouldn't love it, and you shouldn't know that song. Is that safe for the whole family? I don't think so. I'm going to be real honest with you, Brittany. Uh, I just... I'm not seeing the fruit. I don't know what else I can tell you. I... I volunteer at a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. I work in the church nursery every week. I got a Bible verse tattooed on my shoulder. In Hebrew. Okay, Republican or Democrat? Republican. Global warming. No evidence. Stem cell research. Don't know what it is, but I'm against it. Guns. Love them. Obama. Hate him. Welcome to Christian Mingle. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and on paper, things look great, but uh, I gotta be real honest with you. Uh, yoga pants? Like, I. Personally, I just don't see how someone could be a Christian and wear yoga pants. If there's anything I can do to prevent someone from a life of destruction, and I feel like my work here is done. And I'm out of here. Don't even bother reapplying until you get rid of those yoga pants, get some Don Miller books added to that collection, you get a letter from a compassion child up on that fridge. <laughs> the comedic artistry of John Chris here on That Kevin Show. Kevin McCullough, glad to be with you. Coming right back from Times Square. Help us liberate a life tonight. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Well, my next guest, I am super excited to have. Uh, this is the first time that she's appeared on one of my radio shows or television programs in a super long time. Uh, in fact, it has not been since she was the head of the nation's largest advocacy women's group uh, that I last spoke to her uh, on air and that I could find in my records anyway. But she's someone who's been a dear friend and someone that I actually worked for for a period of time. It's not infrequent that I bring former bosses on the show. We all know this. 
But ladies and gentlemen, please uh, put your hands together for the woman who heads up governmental affairs for the American Family Association and longtime radio personality and even uh, a concerned woman for America. Please welcome Sandy Rios. Hello, Sandy. Kevin, my pleasure. Yeah, can you want to get personal? Yeah, absolutely. Can I really? Sure. Okay, so so what happened was I was on the air in Chicago, and I was I was such a novice, I didn't know anything about radio. It was just a weird thing that happened that they invited me to take a show, and we uh, we had good success. It was an afternoon earlier afternoon show, and we had such good success that they let the drive time hosts go and asked me to take the drive time and hire my own staff. Well, first of all, let me just say uh, it wasn't normal. To have a, not many women were doing hard news. That's talk. true. To this day, this genre is dominated by too many male voices. And that's one of the reasons why I try to have at least 50% of the people on this show be female. We're missing half the conversation. Well, see, that's where I don't feel that way. <laughs> I think if, if, if a woman is gifted, then yes, but not just because she's a woman. Right. And I think uh, uh, women are not are notoriously not really suited because they're more they're they are more suitable for women. In fact, the irony is, Kevin, when they uh, hi- hired me to do the initially at Salem in Chicago, <laughs> they had a great drive time host, and so we went through all of these back and forth. I was a musician for heaven's sake; I'd never yep. done radio except. I did start at Moody as a co-host for Jim Warren for years, but just as a friend, I sat there with him and then I would go out and do my singing tours and I never took myself seriously as some sort of a radio host. I used to feel guilty for taking money for talking, but when they, when they invited me to come to, you know, to try, I was recommended by Ted Seeley, the newsman at Moody Broadcasting was the one that recommended me. So when they brought me in to finally do the finalizing the interview, they, they offered me the job, and I was happy because I was a young, I had just gotten divorced. I had two kids, and it was a nice opportunity. But then they said, "We want you to do, we we want you to do a show, you know, for women, an afternoon show for women." And I said, "If you want me to talk about breastfeeding and menopause, I'm not your man," <laughs> which was probably the most bodacious thing I could have ever said because I needed a job. I was a single mom. But I didn't want to talk about women's things. And I think that's probably, honestly, why God called me to do what I do. Because I I love women. I have lots of great women friends. But women's stuff never has interested me. Yeah. One of the things you opened my eyes to when we were working together is that uh, women often live their lives in cycles. So in their early years, they may be very involved with the rearing and nurturing of children. But as they kind of grow and flee the nest, uh, so to speak, um, they have these skills and abilities that are just kind of sitting out there. And one of the things I've noticed since we worked together, Sandy, is that in the uh, center-right commentary space, at least, there are a lot of young women um, verging on middle age and even some a little bit older that have uh, taken on this idea that their country is in deep, deep trouble and they need to do things like start the Federalist and have a whole bevy of really smart women writing for them. And uh, a number of other publications do the same thing. But what I discovered was when 
when we when we really started looking at the the percentage of discussion, at least on my show, it was men programming for men with other men talking to men about men that men had been researched to reach with with other men. And while I don't have anything against that, I think that there are enormous number of women who are talented, clear thinking, common sense, truth driven individuals that that the media certainly won't give the time of day to. And that was that was largely I had my eyes open to that largely from my time working with you and seeing that transformation that happens in a lot of women's lives. Well, I think things are different now. I think that uh, women are more involved, just they are more involved. They just are. They, they uh, but I do think. I still think there's a women culture that does not lend itself to general talk. Now, I know that's very controversial, but I'm a woman and I can say that. <laughs> Better warm, you than me, lady. <laughs> it's warm, fuzzy talk that women do, the emotion, which I'm very capable of, but I've, I think I think more like a man. And I just think that's true. And I think, um, so I was doing this when... There were even fewer people doing it then, let's just say that. Hardly any. Hardly any. And yeah. I have to say, um, I just think that's a special thing that God did in my life. I don't think that's something that I think I'm special about. I think that's the way God crafted me. I think mm. he called me to do it. And so so we fell right in. So here we go. I, they give me the ability to hire my own staff and to choose who I wanted. And I found out, I called, Moody was where I started. I trusted their uh, the worldview, I trusted the people that they would uh, recommend to me, and I found out about this young guy who was working for Fred Winston, who was a morning uh, jock, music jock in Chicago. Radio is big in Chicago. If you yeah. make it in that market, that you, that's a, then you can make it. And so uh, Dave Sennis, as, who you know really well, came to work for me, and I asked Dave then, we need a couple, we, I want you to do creative, uh, but I need someone to produce who can book the shows and, uh, th you know, ha understands the content. And so he recommended this young guy called Kevin McCullough. Right. Who was some hard I was time. older than Dave. Just for the record, he was my intern. But yeah. yes, he recommended this young man. Uh, but he, uh, you were going through some hard times. And I, I that, that appealed to me because I'd been through some hard times. And yeah. so I, I hired you, Kevin. And then here's what happened. You were very creative also. So we ended up doing, I would say, I think our creative for that show, Sandy Rios, what was it called? Sandy Rios show. Is that yeah, it? Something. How clever. How clever. Anyway, uh, I think the creative we did for that show rivaled Russia's creative. I do. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Sandy Rios is who we're speaking with, and she uh, she did revolutionize uh, Afternoon Drive in Chicago, was recognized for it in um, different circles. Uh, the first ever Tesla radio award that was given was awarded to that team, and uh, I think one of the three of us still have that trophy somewhere uh, in storage. We got more than um, one, got more than one award. Yeah, Tesla. well, the silver mics, we we raked in because you're right. Dave and I, not only were we good friends and we were both kind of these goofy creative oddballs, but we were really, we we really worked well together. We, we kind of offset each yeah. other's strengths and weaknesses and he was more over the top and I was more dry and there was just a lot of stuff that worked well. And then you were fun to work with. So it made it easy. We're going to take a break and come right back. Uh, Sandy, our nation's in trouble. I'm not sure if people have realized that, but I'd be curious on this uh, weekend heading into the July 4th holiday to get some of your perspective on what you exactly think we're in the midst of right now.
Tips. Coming right back, that Kevin show live from Times Square. And yet this hour, Ann Wilson in the music spotlight. Don't go away. Ready or not, he'll be right back. Kevin McCullough, back from Times Square. So glad to have you here. And uh, Sandy Reels is my special guest. I ran into her recently at the Talkers Convention in New York. Everybody thinks that the talk radio industry is this enormously huge thing. It's actually a very small community. There's probably like maybe two or 300 people that come every year. We, we, we don't even fill up an auditorium. But the friendships that exist in the people that work in talk radio go years and years for me. And when Sandy walked through the door, I, my jaw nearly hit the floor. I was like, I had, Sandy, I hadn't seen you in, in so many years. And then a producer that, that came after Dave and I, Guy Benson, when you were on your second flight, he came walking in. He's a successful talk show host for Fox News, uh, the satellite uh, channel that they have on Sirius now. And, uh, of course, he works at Town Hall and the editorial. So it's it's a very small world. We all know each other way too well. Uh, but so glad to get you on the show tonight. Let me ask you about what we were talking just going into the break. Um, 2024 is going to be a watershed election. I don't care how you look at it. Um, from where you're sitting and what you're reading, and you have the most encyclopedic memory of anybody I've ever worked with, you're able to recall facts from times that I don't even think the Times know exist. Um, but tell me what your thoughts are about where we are. Oh, well, that's a big question, Kevin. I guess I would say I think we're in trouble, in deep trouble. Uh, I I am uh, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> First of all, I think it's going to be a challenge to have a, a free and fair election, and that is probably overriding my view of most things. I will be shocked if we do. Um, I think we are entering into the turbulence is accelerating. I don't think that anyone listening would doubt that. We have turbulence in our country, turbulence in politics, turbulence in our schools and our families, and there is turbulence all over the globe. We are under great threat here from China. We are under great threat from our moral down freefall is probably the best word. And it's kind of beginning to eat up our children and destroy, cannibalize them. Um, and I, because I do believe in God, I don't think that a just God can allow this to continue. And so I find myself really um, expecting there's going to be a correction and it's not going to be easy for us. Um, but I think in terms of the, because we don't know, because I don't know, I believe that we as citizens and Americans and then uh, those of us that are Christians in that population need to one put one foot in front of the other and do the, the next thing. Every day is important. We need to teach our children, counter what's happening in the public schools. We need to help other people's children. We need to help our neighbors. Uh, we need to, I believe, rediscover our faith in God. Some of us have not forgotten it. Others have never had it. and But some have just let it go atrophy. You know, there was a great awakening, they called it, in this country. There were two great awakenings. And those great awakenings were not for people who were Buddhists or pagans. 
awakening was for people who were like from the Church of England or the uh, some of the traditional churches. Their families were Christian, and that's their moniker, but they had forgotten the power of the real God. Hmm. And so I think that we need a tremendous awakening. That's different than revival, an awakening for people who know about Jesus, know about the God of our fathers, but have lost that connection. Because honestly, I don't think anything else can save us in this country. I don't. Um, but the election, I still believe we need to be involved. There's still a chance. Who knows? We don't know what God might do or what he might allow. I think we have to really be aware. I think if I were, if you ask me what to think about this presidential uh, primary, I think hold your powder. Don't declare too soon. Two events are moving too rapidly uh, for us to, I think, draw a line in the sand yet on whatever you're thinking. Yeah. I believe that if you want to ask me about Donald Trump, I am sickened. I am sickened by what's happening to him. And as a former Trump supporter, as a Trump supporter, I don't know how I stand on the next race. I love Ron DeSantis. I, I love him. I think he's been tremendous. I'm not sure I love anyone else in the race in that way. Um, but I can't bear to see what they're doing to President Trump. But there is a greater picture here to look at. If he could win, he still has my vote. Uh, because we need a person who agrees with us on most things and can win in this terrible, turbulent, dangerous election time. And, of course, we're all supposed to say that Donald Trump was not the duly elected president, but uh, Joe Biden is. And we're supposed to say there was no voter fraud, but I'm not willing to do that. So you can come and arrest me, whatever. I'm not <laughs> Just not because it's same not old Sandy, and I love it. Uh, Sandy, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. So appreciate it. Pleasure, Kevin. Nice, you got to, it. nice to see you. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Gentlemen, the comedy artistry of John Chris. The, the, like the flag is at half mass, like every other day now. It's hard to keep track. Remember back in the day, it was like Memorial Day, 9/11, Pearl Harbor. The other day, it was like half mass. I was like, what is it today? I had to look it up. It was like a turtle got a straw in its eye. I'm like, good man. It's like Nancy Pelosi has the sniffles. Okay. I knew that joke was going to work in Texas. <laughs> that felt a little bit like a rally or something. That was a little... I was like, yeah, and you guys are like, yeah! <laughs> Keep telling jokes, though. It's good for you, though. It's good for you. Never could they... Yeah, you got to. Got to tell jokes. One of the most sensitive topics these days, obviously, is racism. Racism, very sensitive topic. Well, see how quiet it got in here? <laughs> white people, we're nervous, aren't we? We're nervous, white people. We don't have any solutions. We're just out here guessing. We're like, we canceled Aunt Jemima. 
Black people are like, that's my aunt, now she's unemployed. Shoot. We don't know what to do. White people's solutions to racism is the, one of the funniest things I've seen in the last... Just, we, we don't know what to do, do we? We're like, ah, oh, well, I don't know. We, we'll, just, we'll just make Jake from State Farm black, I guess. Will that solve it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're not going to talk about that? They just switched it in the middle of the night. No announcement or press conference or nothing. We just all watching the game like, I think he used to be white. And nobody said a word. Just like, all right, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Just, right. And they didn't switch his name or nothing. They didn't switch his name. Just Jake. Jake? <laughs> I never met a black guy named Jake before. It couldn't be Jarvis from State Farm? What? Hold on, what? Your name is Jake? Shut up. Your name is not Jake. gone with that sir he's just gonna left you like uh -uh, i'm not letting him get away with this one enough is enough your name's not jake is it really jake are you what what nationality are you no whoa, whoa, whoa. okay hey cut this part from the video uh your name's jacob or just jake your name is jake and you're black just when i was uncanceled back to rehab I was this close. Oh my. This threw me off a little bit, honestly. This is... Oh my. I was getting into that. I was like, what's that commotion over there? White people trying to solve racism is funny, though, isn't it? It's just white people out there. You know where the most violent Black Lives Matter protests are? You know where, what city is the most violent Black Lives Matter protests? Anybody know? Oregon. Portland. You know where no black people live? <laughs> Portland, shut up. Everyone from Portland. Just, I wish everyone from Portland would just be cut off and just into the water. Just into the... Just... <laughs> it's not helping. It's not helping. It's not helping. Just everybody like, we will speak on behalf of black people in our Subarus and soy milk lattes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Y'all see these things. You're like, this is so silly. But we're all trying to be like understanding. We're like, well, you know, come down to Nashville, dude. The white people trying to solve racism in country music. Nothing better, dude. There's no better comedy than white people in country music trying to solve racism. Like, you know, like they're trying to change their band names. Like, oh, where was this solution during the Civil War? This is, why didn't we think about grammar earlier? Uh, like Lady Annabella, they changed their name. You know what their new name is? Thanks for your bravery and courage, you guys. That should solve it. <laughs> not, not one black person knows who Lady Antebellum is. Maybe Darius Rucker. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like, can you imagine the arrogance of, like, three white people in skinny jeans and cowboy hats walk into Prescott? We have a solution to racism. <laughs> we are going to change our name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A.
Somebody's like, what's the A stand for? I go, ha ha, it's still antebellum. Still stands for racism, we just shortened it up, just abbreviated the racism. It's absurd, dude, it's really, <laughs> you gotta laugh, there's no other way. And the other country, I thought that was so silly, other country bands followed suit. They're, you know the Dixie Chicks, they changed their name, what's their name now? The Chicks, oh thanks guys for standing up for what's right. What about that one song where you advocate killing your husband and then burying him in a tarp in the backyard? <laughs> Keep that one, because it makes you money. Keep that one, but okay, yeah, we... Okay, shut up. And here's how my brain works, you know, I'm a comedian. I was like, man, we, we gotta keep going with this. You know, I wanna see more country bands change their names, you know? <laughs> I'm nervous about this bit a little bit, honestly. I was like, yeah, and you guys are like, oh, and I was like, I'm not sure either now. Uh, this bit is like the spikes at the rental car place. My first two wheels are kind of already processed, so I can't really go back, but. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, think about it. I was like, Keith Urban? That man lives on a farm. Okay, that is cultural appropriation. Somebody's to talk to Clint Black, I'll tell you that. That's Clint African American, okay? We need to get that switched up. Somebody's to talk to Uncle Cracker immediately. Shoot, I'm surprised George Strait hasn't been canceled at this point. Dallas, Texas, you guys are As the kids say nowadays, where's the lie? <laughs> uh, very, very funny stuff from John Chris tonight. It's Kevin McCullough. This is That Kevin Show coming back. From Times Square. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Back to the music spotlight stage with a fan favorite, Ann Wilson. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing.
That's Ann Wilson on That Kevin Show, rounding out this week's edition. Thank you to everybody that was here, uh, including the Dream and Color Orchestra, Dick and the Gang, uh, all of the producers that helped put it together, and especially my guests, Sandy Rios, Ambassador Sam Brownback, John Christ, and Ann Wilson. Kevin McCullough saying, please join us every weekend right here on the Salem News Channel, along with the other outlets like radio and uh, online. We, we just love, uh, and, and our friends at Biz TV. We'll see you next time. <laughs>